0: From a small town in... (laughs) How is that for an intro? I guess that could work, right? Ooh, coming in a little hot. What is up, everybody? It is the Chasing Waypoints podcast episode number Mm -hmm. 18, I think. Man, what a week. What a week, what a week. We are back. Finally. Having some time to get in there. Mm-hmm. Man, Mm-hmm. So we've been having this rainy weather here in San Diego It's been kind of interesting I thought we paid the sunshine tax here Didn't have to deal with this stuff But we are thoroughly into the springtime And here we go right, What do they say? April showers, May flowers or something like that? I don't know All I know is it's going to be epic riding in Baja here soon once everything turns green. So I am absolutely looking forward to that. Kept in touch with Alex Martins over at Conflict Motorsports. I know that's been a recurring theme, but I am absolutely looking forward to getting that suspension back from him. And uh, go put some miles on the KTM. So interesting story. I have been up since 3.30 this morning. I'm a little bit loopy to say the least. Had to do some repairs on the rally Tiguan. Was going to ride my bike, but, you know, like a true fair weather rider, I saw that the forecast said it was going to be raining today, half the day. And I was like, no. So I'm sure the neighbors didn't mind. They were still sound asleep. Was able to get uh, CV boot uh, addressed and the car made it to work and back. So I think we're good, you know, at least for now. All it got to do is make it past the Sonora Rally. Sonora Rally coming up in a couple of weeks, so I'm absolutely excited to go check that out. I'm going to head down there with my dad and help out Mike Johnson and the Rally Comp crew. Hang out, meet everybody down there and do some stuff. Turn the music down here a bit. So, yeah, it is going to be good. So this time around, we're doing another In the Bivouac, and I'm going to go back, and we're going to start doing a few different episodes and some stuff going on. I've got some really cool ideas, but it's going to take... Uh, take a few people uh, to make it happen, so I'll be reaching out to them this week and see if we can get that going. Definitely looking forward to it. It is going to be fun. All right, let's get this thing started. And so I use Anchor for those of you guys that are curious of how we get these uh, podcast episodes up and running. Program called Anchor. Works pretty cool. Helps with the audio and handles all the distribution. This is not a commercial for them, because obviously I don't get paid for this kind of stuff. But anyway, so this time around, this week, we have been trying to get him on the show for a little bit. We have Jacob Argybright going to be joining us. And he's been doing a little bit of the and Hound and Accomplished Racer and all that stuff. But he is getting into the rally world, so looking forward to finding out a little bit more about what he has going on and, and his journey thus far I'm sure it's been pretty cool seen him out there training I know he's been training with a few of the guys out there so uh, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more I know he was recently up in, uh, up in the high desert with the gnarly Dave up there making things happen so let's see sent him the link give him a second to jump in here Turn that volume up. So, yeah, it has been good. So I got the BMW ready. Almost hit a peacock yesterday in San Diego. Can you imagine that backcountry roads? I'm cruising around, putting some miles on the BMW because I hadn't ridden my bike. I'd only been renting it out for a little bit. And then uh, next thing I know, there's a peacock sitting as I come around the corner. Completely crazy. But sounds like we've got somebody. Jacob, you there? Yes, I am. How's it going? <laughs> doing all right, bud. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. Very nice. So, did you race this weekend?
1: What was this past weekend? I can't. No, so I raced two weekends ago.
0: Oh, Okay. It seems like every time I see logging Instagram, you've, you're lined up somewhere.
1: Yeah, just trying to stay in shape. I like racing, and I mean it's what I do. So the more I can, the better.
0: <laughs> nice. So you do right now? It's I see you mostly in the hare and hound side of things.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much all of my career, I've just tried to stick to desert races like Local District 37, Best in the Desert, um, National Heron Hound, and pretty much anything out in the West Coast Desert.
0: Okay. Up up Highland, what is that Johnson Valley, I think, in that area? I think they have a lot of those?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm so I'm in Lake Elsinore, and um, I grew up, you know, just racing there. I mean, I can tell you, pretty much every trail there.
0: <laughs> You've got names for the bushes?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I've made a lot of trails.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that's always to me, the Heron Hound thing, like I get it once everybody breaks away. But to me, the bomb start is the crazy part. Like,
1: yeah, (laughs) I,
0: I, I just watched a video of it. I was like, you know, yeah, I like watching those starts. And I, you know, seeing like Quinn on a 790 do it. But, you know, I watched one of your videos doing it. I don't know how you see it. I don't know how you see those trails.
1: You know, it's, it's just taken a lot of practice and it, you know, it, uh, a lot of people think it makes or breaks your race and and it, I don't, I don't think it does, you know, people like to go fast, but I've gotten the worst hurts ever and I've, and I've come back to, you know, finish on the podium. So it, I don't know. I have definitely have mixed feelings about it, but I mean, I like to do it. It's super cool when you get a whole shot and like not many people can do that. Mm-hmm. So just being able to get a whole shot like that. So that video, um, I think was my last whole shot. Even before then I hadn't had one in like three years in a hair now, mm-hmm. but the feeling is definitely incredible.
0: It'd <laughs> be the first one at the top of the, or whatever the first corner is up at the, at the end. It's long.
1: Yeah. And actually, well, they've actually shortened them just depends on where we go. Like some of the out of state rounds, not the, the ones in SoCal. Um, due to land restrictions they shorten them and they actually have been starting us with just the pros so the pro 250 pros and pro women mm-hmm. um so it makes it a little bit easier on us okay. but they definitely evolved
0: yeah yeah it's just it, it's crazy and then everybody lines up and then i i used to race off-road cars but waiting like watching you guys like wait and look over at the flag and wait for that thing to drop. I mean, it it felt like it took like two and a half
1: years. Yeah, man, that's (laughs) something, that's something that like, and that never gets easier because if you stare too hard, like I've had it where the flag starts changing colors and like you feel your breathing. So I, I literally have to look next to it and just not like concentrate so hard or else I'll get dizzy and like it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Throws the game. Yeah. Nice. So what, um, out of the races and stuff like that, what's, what's your favorite area to race in? I mean, what do you, which one of you enjoyed the most?
1: Man. Um, I actually really like the, anything in Nevada, you know, I, I always, I like the SoCal desert. It always have a place near and dear to my heart, Mm -hmm. but I actually like the places I've gone to in Nevada, like doing, um, anything in Caliente or going to Vegas Torino, Mm -hmm. Um, or actually like this year we, I went up to Pahrump and explored that desert doing the Jimmy Lewis class. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty much any, anywhere in Nevada, I really like.
0: Okay. Just terrain and everything is just, it just works out or is there something in particular?
1: You know, I think it's a lot like the SoCal desert. It's just different. I think, I think it's not as hammered. You know, a lot of people ride down here. I think less right up there. Um, and it's got, it's got just slightly different mixtures of desert that, that I'm used to. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's rocky and, and the, it's weird. I, I ride rocks so much like in the SoCal desert that the rocks up there are different. And, and that excites me.
0: Okay. <laughs> it's just, so, gives you some room to breathe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
0: the, I do feel, though, it seems like uh, in, in the Vegas-Reno race, I feel like they find every silt bed between Vegas and Reno.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, you know, Vegas-Reno is always pretty similar course. And I think, you know, just going over it year after year just kind of, you know, beats it down. But, yeah, there's some silt beds there for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Never-ending silt bed. Yeah. Very fun. So – how was the uh how was the Jimmy Lewis school?
1: Amazing. You know, I um I had a little dabble in the whole rally thing years ago mm-hmm. and I kinda scared away from it because I wanted to get a Heron Hound championship and um I, I came back this year, made the decision and that was the first thing I did. I uh I ended up buying my my two thousand eight KLX four fifty the week before going to Jimmy's. I put all the rally equipment on and I went and uh it was fun it was uh, it definitely made me realize I'm a I'm a little fish in a big pond in the rally world mm-hmm. but it, it, it excites me just because it, I get to do things um, I get to ride in the desert in the, just in a different fashion and, and it's cool yeah
0: what was the uh, well wait first of all so you mentioned something so you you mean you you didn't go KTM
1: <laughs> <Or Honda>. <laughs> <laughs> i'm try. i'm trying not to you know, yeah. i've always been a cowie guy and like i i mean i i saw i wrote for factor Varner for four years and i loved it it was great mm-hmm. yeah. i have no no hate towards the austrian brands my uh my wife actually uh works for kiska which works with ktm and you know all the austrian brands mm-hmm. um it, i just have a a near and dear uh, place in my heart for cowie and i've I just I mean I like it. I uh I grew up racing them. Um, I have a lot of parts and I know how the bike works. yeah
0: And what um so it, it I mean it's interesting to me because I've always seen, you know, Kawasaki's, Kawasaki. And I mean are there anything like now that you had ridden Husqvarna and then riding a Kawi, like any differences, any things that you maybe like better on the Kawi than you do on the Husk,
1: the other way around? I mean yeah, well, so I think I think I will say all bikes nowadays are really good. They're just different. The I really like the Austrian motor. Um, it's really smooth. You know, the Cowie is a little bit stronger on the bottom and mellows out. the The Austrian motor is a little bit easier to ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think growing up riding Cowie, I always got used to the aluminum chassis, and that. So how I compare it is. When you ride a Cowie, imagine you're standing on a curb. When you jump off the curb, you use your legs and your knees to absorb the landing. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're on an Austrian bike and you jump off the curb, you don't use your knees. And so you feel that jolt. So I think with the Austrian, you have more, you're more precise because you feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that also means you feel it through your hands, where the Cowie or or an aluminum frame bike like Honda or Cali, um, you you don't feel it as much, so you have a little less precision. But it, I think it just makes a smoother ride.
0: Gotcha, that's interesting. But,
1: oh yeah, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, I was gonna say yeah, that's super interesting because no, like um, we talked about this with Alex from Conflict Motorsports. It seems like you know when sometimes you ask people about a bike, and oh, hell, no, it's just dialed. It just works. You know, yeah. <laughs> they, they don't really give you any kind of insight into like this is why it may feel different so that's yeah
1: yeah and the other thing too is like i i i really like doing this whole cowie thing you know going towards rally but i'm finding out it's hard to find parts you know like specialty rally parts for cowie you know i mean i've i've had to make a lot of the stuff and um you know this weekend i'm actually going to finish up my bike for snore rally but that's definitely a factor and and i understand why people go with honda or the Austrian Austrian brand just because of parts and availability. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So
0: I could, I could see that probably a lot easier to borrow parts from the next guy and depending on the rally or where you're at.
1: Yeah, exactly. Ah, nice.
0: So, okay. So back to the, uh, the Jimmy Lewis school. So what was, uh, what was all that about? What, you know, what was the, what was that like? Wh-
1: well, uh, you know, it actually was just the basics class. Um okay. So I think Ricky was there, Kendall Norman, uh, Mike from uh, Rally Navigator, uh, Ray. Mm-hmm. I, I can't pronounce his last name. Dosaglio. Yeah, and uh, a couple other guys, um, and it was basically just the basics, um, just learning things like like cap headings and reading the notebook, and just you know basics like obviously you know Ricky's the champ and. Kendall's been helping them, but they had never taken the basics. And, um, that was, uh, something that Jimmy wanted to make them do.
0: (laughs) Nice. You gotta start from the bottom, learn everything.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And so any, uh, anything that was like super standout, any, any exercises or anything like that you're like, this was a trip.
1: Um, actually what was a trip was how I read cap headings and, one of the things we learned is, is kind of always being aware of what direction you're heading. And so if I'm heading North at zero degrees, like putting a point on a mountain or a reference point Mm -hmm. and, and heading that direction and and being able to not look at your, your cap reading, you know, constantly, Mm -hmm. um, and then ending up in the right spot. So obviously I I'm, I'm new. I look up and down a lot, uh, I actually went to Glamis dunes and I was looking up and down trying to get my cap heading. And I actually did it so much. I got seasick. So that was, those was one of the things that stood out was like being able to set your point and then head that direction without looking up and down so many times.
0: Yeah, Interesting. And it makes, I mean, yeah, it, it, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, but, but in, in practice it's hard. I mean, it's, it's definitely hard. And, and actually one, another thing was, um, was the drill where he sets out cones at 100 meters, 200, 300, 400, 500, uh, half a kilometer, and then a full kilometer. And you basically, you just go at different speeds, you and you just recognize visually what, you know, these distances look like. And, and you feel at different speeds how long it takes because that's another thing. Like if you're looking up and down, you know, if you have to go a kilometer before the next note, And you're looking up and down, too many times. Well, one you could crash, and two you're you're just losing time. So that was another thing that stood out.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So more more of a a feeling than actually like a a hard number, digital number that's that's being read out to you. Yeah, exactly. Just trying to gauge that distance. So and and, well, go ahead. No, and I was going to say so. I. I think that aligns a little bit better with what you're the background. No, with the racing background, right? You just kind of pick a point, look at the horizon. You don't want to be looking at your front wheel. Cause that's where you're going to end up falling. Yeah, exactly. So are you going to say,
1: Oh no, no, I was going to yeah. say exactly.
0: Yeah. The, uh, so it's, what has kind of been the harder, like, is, is there anything that's been kind of harder because you're used to racing and, and doing, you know, things at speed and to now to have to back it down, to be able to navigate. I mean,
1: I pretty much that point exactly. It's just backing down. Um, you know, when, when I raise hair and hands, I, I kind of zone out and, you know, I try not to think too much. I'm pretty much in the moment most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm in a different state of mind where I'm thinking and using more common sense. I, I would say like, you know, kind of anticipating where the road book's going to go and, and, it's been hard to slow down, you know, cause obviously I just want to go fast, but like even just attempting to slow down, like I have to go slower than what I'm trying to slow down to, um, just to, you know, not make mistakes and, you know, lose time that way. So that's just, it, just the fact that slowing down has been the hardest part.
0: And trying to be, <laughs> trying to be patient use, use the force, navigate. And what, what was the video said? texting and and riding at a hundred miles an hour.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and well, and the thing is, so it's either, you know, you're racing or you're navigating and, um, that, that I can do, I've gotten good at that. It's, is, you know, not looking down too many times and and I think confidence for me actually finding the, the, the road book. So, um, at first I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to, you know, do Sonora. I don't even know how I'm going to like follow the whole, the whole road book. But, after doing so many, like the confidence, I, I have a little bit of confidence, which is nice. Nice.
0: And, yeah. and that, and that there's only one way on that one, right? Just go get lost.
1: Yeah. Oh God. I've gotten, <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten lost a lot.
0: Right off into the sunset, and then somebody's got to chase you down.
1: Yeah. And it's funny. Actually, I've made a lot, I've probably made five or six road books and, pretty much every big mistake I've made is in the first 10 kilometers. I don't know why, but it's like you have to get into the flow. And once I get past the first 10 kilometers, then I'm good. But all my big mistakes were in the first 10 kilometers. Right. Early,
0: earlier on in the book. Yeah. So how's that been making your, like making your own road books?
1: Actually, I love it. It's fun. Like I said, it's this whole rally thing. I get to, do the same trails that I know, um, just in a different fashion. I mean, I've been racing for 10 years. Uh, so, and it's actually been really beneficial just because I don't know all the lexicons and the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so every, I mean, I did about five or six weeks where I was making about a hundred kilometers a week of new road book. Wow. Yeah. And that was really, really beneficial. I, I just put my head down and I just went to work and Um, I made pretty much all of them out at Barstow, Mm -hmm. which, which was cool. I wish I would have went some more places. I just didn't know where else to go, but I think it ended up helping because at Barstow. It's, it's pretty hammer and there's a lot of trails. So it was really, really tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think overall it was good to do and and it's, it's fun. I've actually gotten, I think I've gotten pretty good at making them. Um, and actually one of the last ones I made was with, uh, Mason Klein out in Glamis mm-hmm. and it, it ended up being a really, it was a doozy because I went backwards through some of the really steep dunes and we couldn't make it up. It, <laughs> and there was like five or six of these dunes. We couldn't make it up. And it, it was a nightmare, but I, I felt <laughs> <Yeah>. proud.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Stumped them. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess that's more like painting yourself into a corner. <laughs> like, yeah. right. I know the waypoints up there, but, uh, there's no way to get around. Yeah, nice. So, what's uh so what's your process cuz like when I look at making a road book, I automatically go to okay, I need to go ride this and then I'm going to come back and lay it out. Is that how you're doing it or what are you doing?
1: No, so I'm I I just make it and go. I <laughs> so I want so I and I learned this at the Lewis thing. They they make road books and they just assume everything's dangerous. You know, because if, so if i make problem is if I make a road book and then I go and pre-run it, well, then I know where I'm going Mm -hmm. and, and I'm under, I put myself under the assumption that I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, go balls to the walls. I'm just trying to learn right now. Um, and, and just practice. So I, you know, I would just make the road book, you know, print it out, you know, do all the stuff and load it in and go. Okay.
0: So, so I mean, yeah, the, so the mentality behind it is, is I'm just going to go trail ride this thing, but it's because I'm learning how to navigate it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then I would focus on different things like, you know, especially most of them being out in Barstow, mm-hmm. a lot of tricky navigation, um, it, a lot of notes in the hundred kilometers I would do. Mm-hmm. So I, and I felt like I was getting extra practices just because I wasn't just riding, you know, I was trying to navigate and like, there's a lot of, um, uh, Powerline roads, so I would like make a, a puzzle out of it. You know, I would make a bunch of turns and just and just practice reading the whole time. Okay,
0: yeah. So challenging yourself, so that's that's interesting. I mean, that is kind of a different concept. Like I, the way I look at it is like, oh, okay. Well, uh, my experience came from baha rally, and where yeah, you want to ride it, pre-run it, and then go back and then lay it over, and then make sure that it's all all done. Mm-hmm. At least that's the process I was witness to.
1: Yeah. And, and I think there's some benefits to that too, because I, I went and did um, gnarly Dave's uh, road books, mm-hmm. you know, he's always posting and I see him and, and I went for the um, for the weekend and, and did uh, three of his and they were really good that you could tell he put a lot of time and they're really accurate. So like when I make them, you know, without pre running, them like that. Some of the notes could be a 10th or two off mm-hmm. his, his are like absolutely perfect. And, and then he's able, he leaves out some of the info, which makes it tricky where I, when I make mine right now, I try and put more more information than what's needed. Gotcha. Um, so there is definitely benefit to running it, you know, but it's, it's time consuming. And actually I'm really appreciative that he let me run them just because, you know, it. you hear people talk about making a road books and it takes hours. It takes a long time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: And it, and it's the rabbit hole, like all the details and stuff like that. Like, uh, again, by drawing back, like the, uh, the experience where Scotty would lock himself and we wouldn't hear from him for, you know, 10 hours at a time and he's in his office doing road books. So it's definitely, yeah. definitely a, uh, <laughs> what is it? The rabbit hole or whatever. you
1: want. To yeah. Oh yeah. No, I spent a, a lot of time on the computer doing it and, 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 and I enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, it was, it was cool.
0: Nice. So what, what even kicked off this whole party? Because you said you dabbled in it earlier before, before this kind of go.
1: Um, well, we were at a new year's party, uh, and me and my wife were talking and I always talked about it. Um, and I, saw I turned 30 this year and you know, we were just talking at this party and she basically said, well, you've been wanting to do it, you know, either put up or shut up and <laughs> she, she challenged me. So I was like, all right,
0: <laughs> fine and, then,
1: <laughs> you know, and, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. I, I changed direction. I felt like I was a little stale in my life and stuff. And it's like, put some new excitement for me. Nice.
0: Well, I mean that, that has been a common theme, right? I mean, even if it's it, the same old trails are completely different when there's a road book that you're having to try and navigate.
1: Yeah, you know. exa- exactly. It's, it's awesome. It and it, the- keeps up, it keeps me out. It keeps me on the desert, which I love. Yeah,
0: nice. Well, yeah. And, uh, yeah barstow i know is like that was always the uh that's proving ground for a lot of people so i know it's clapped out but it sounds like you found some routes and they do what is that have you done the uh what is it la barstow to vegas right
1: yeah actually i did it man i probably did it 15 years ago mm-hmm. i actually didn't even have a driver's license <laughs> and my dad put me on a KL, klr650 and we did it mm-hmm. but i actually actually i was thinking about doing that this year and um the Big Bear sport route.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, nice. Yeah, so. I think uh, I don't. I think Barcelona, L.A. Barcelona, Vegas is still doing like they still have roadbooks.
1: Yeah, I read. think. Well, yeah, I think they're more uh, roll chart. Yeah, but I figured maybe I could ask them, and I'll just you know convert it into a normal roadbook. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, get yeah. it get it early on. Yeah, yeah. I had thought about that. It would be kind of cool to do that because I you know working with like a rally comp you know, to get that mm-hmm. kind of into the book or into, uh, or actually or prep the file.
1: What about that? You know, maybe they can make a class for it. That'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, well it's growing obviously. I
1: yeah.
0: Mean, it's, it's, go not? ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: The, so what if, uh, what are kind of the plans or what do you think? I, you, you mentioned Sonora rally. What are you doing to get ready on that?
1: Uh, right now, I'm actually, so I'm sitting in my kitchen, talking to you, looking out the window, waiting for my rally management Sonora tower to come in. Oh, nice. Yeah. So the bike's down to the frame right now. I'm supposed to go pick up the motor and drop it in. And as soon as I get that, I'm going to start putting it together um, and just go and test it for a couple of days. I've definitely done a lot of practice. And now it's just, you know, making sure everything works and prepping the van and you know head down there next weekend nice
0: yeah that's crazy it's already coming up
1: yeah right (laughs) and actually i'm i'm super happy they uh they delayed it to May because i decided i was gonna do this in january and Mm -hmm. and thank god they did because i had more time to practice and like (laughs) (laughs) i tried i I tried to make the most of my time and i i wish i wish i had more time but it, it is what it is
0: yeah i hear you what's the uh what's the day job
1: So originally the last couple years I've just been racing, but I've taken on, uh, being a web developer. And so I started as a graphic designer and I moved towards more web development. And so I do part-time on that and part-time racing.
0: Nice. All right. So it gives you a little bit of time to do the, do the desert.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty sweet gig. I can't complain. Like, I mean, I work a little bit, I actually work with someone, um, that's, part of part of a motorcycle club uh and i just freelance for him and you know he gives me work and i do it and he understands when i leave to go racing and you know come back and make road books and do a little bit of work nice
0: rinse and repeat so what did uh so sonora tower coming what did uh you got that set up what else did you did you go with ico did you go with the rns or what did, what are you putting on the bike
1: you know, just standard Daiko. I, I had I had two of them um, from when I dabbled in it a couple years ago. Um, so I just ordered another one, and I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. I know the the new one's a little bit easier to read, but I have you know I have the parts for these, you know, and I've been practicing with them. I know how they work, mm-hmm. so I'm just sticking with those, and 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 they're going to be great.
0: Nice. Well, I mean those. The- it seems like once you buy one, that's it. That's what's just going to be on your bike from bike to bike. Cause they just keep working.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So <laughs> why change it? Yeah. So what else are you doing on the, on the KLX to prep it? I mean, so you mentioned motor, you do that. So like what, what goes into prepping a KLX for this?
1: Um, well, I basically, I bought the bike used, uh, I, I rode the piss out of it, you know, practicing. I took it down the frame. I'm just, just freshening up everything, you know, most of the bearings are good. Just just greasing everything and making sure everything is in tip top shape. I have a lot of parts like my my current 2021 KX450 rear wheel works on the rear. And same with the brakes. Right. So it's like I have parts for it. Um and just, you know, I think the big thing is getting that tower on. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to relocate some of the electrical in the back. And basically, I mean, that's the hard part then. You know, I have a big tank. I have a, a Cerebus 4.1-gallon tank. Okay. Um, I had to do a little bit of, wi- like, not wiring, but uh, running the fuel line mm-hmm. because there's there's three pet cocks and just, just making sure everything is clean. And, um, yeah.
0: Man, sounds one handful. And KLX over KX, is that a stator thing or what's the –
1: you know, it's i th- it's a it's a couple of things. One, I couldn't, I could not get a big enough fuel tank. Mm-hmm. There's just not a not a market for at least now. There's not a market for four gallon tanks for the current KX. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the reasons. Second one is the tranny is wide ratio, okay. um, so that makes it a little bit easier, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit it's it's not as modern. Um, so there's it's a little bit not bulkier, but the rear end as far as electrical has a little bit more room. Okay. So I can put some stuff in there and, um, and I think a little bit of durability with it because of the white ratio. Okay. Yeah, but not, I mean, I not as strong. Yeah. And, and and that's one of the things that's cool about like why I feel proud to be riding Cowies because I've done it for so long. I'm actually, we're trying to work on a different fifth gear, for my current um cali okay so that'd be cool like if i can get that in there and then eventually it'd be cool like i'd like to develop a big fuel tank for it because i'd like to ride a modern bike just because it's a little bit faster mm-hmm. but it, it's just cool to i don't know i feel like i'm spearheading a little bit of development you know for cali
0: nice well i mean that's it uh, exactly do they
1: have?
0: I don't think they had a presence at Dakar. I don't think they've had it. It's all been Yamaha, right? Outside of
1: Yeah, I can't I don't remember this year. A couple years ago there was and it was it was a KLX. Um and I actually so it was when I was in I think the last year was when I was in uh, South America, mm-hmm. the the team was Team RPM Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. And I actually I actually Facebook messaged them because I saw they had rear tanks. And I was like, "Oh my God, I, I want those! Like, I will pay a premium. Please send them to me." And so I messaged them, and I never heard anything. I think because they probably disbanded when it moved. But I think I think that was the last time a cow was in Dakar. Hmm. Um, so I'm definitely on it, trying to you know s- s- scavenge parts and you know figure something out.
0: Yeah, figure out which ones they were. I would, and I would think like I've seen like the Safari tank that they have for the back of the Hondas
1: yeah and that's the thing so i it's funny i was looking uh i was just looking online and on a, a bike sales site i saw the rear safari tanks for a klx and i was like oh my god i need that and so i messaged i haven't heard anything but i i haven't seen anything on safari or the safari tank site because I, I i've been looking i like i've searched far and wide for for everything yeah
0: huh. it always sucks when there are these one-off parts or, the, or they don't get back to you like <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: And they're all the way, I think they are in Australia, right? Yeah. So I wonder, it's either that or he's marketing them for the KLX, and it's like, oh, it's just a special adapter, and that's the same tanks from a Honda or something like that. Uh, That would be cool
1: if it was as simple as that. (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) It would
0: make life much easier. He's like, oh, no, and then, yeah, then you get this long, long, he goes, no, actually what I did, you know, I used a 2,000 and a half, honda crf 422 or something you know some random ass bike <laughs> yeah yeah um, so what about uh, what's the suspension like on these now you mentioned that the frame i'm gonna say flex but does i mean it's just it's calculated flex right with it being aluminum but what's the suspension like on the cowies i mean is it basically well, take it all apart and just replace all the parts or what's what's the deal on that
1: uh so actually not so much so i had i had a a set of forks from my 2009 kx450 um i basically i forget what happened something happened and we like dismantled the bike and we kept the forks um the forks were pretty much brand new i i blew a seal when i bought the klx so i put them on there and they were pretty good they had my desert setting in and i ran it for a while and i actually just took it uh to travis from tbt um and I actually just picked him up today. But he basically just put put in a heavier spring, you know, checked everything, put fresh fluid, and that's what I'm running.
0: Nice. Yeah, I was going to say who was your who's your suspension guy? So it's uh, yeah. Travis over at TBT. You've been working with him for a while.
1: Oh yeah, he's uh yeah. When I started racing, I was with him, and then we separated when I went to Husky. And as soon as I left, I was back with him, and I've been with him ever since. And yeah, no other suspension for me.
0: Yeah. And if you, I mean, if, from what I what I've kind of gathered, it's like you you build that relationship and they know what you like. And, and, you know, it's its a whole conversation and relationship that you have.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's not that I think he's the best. I think he's just the best for me. You know, he knows what I like and we've built that relationship.
0: Nice. And uh, and you kind of have to trust him.
1: <laughs> so your yeah. suspension
0: a little important in the desert
1: yeah well and that's well and that's the thing he was asking about he's like what do you want i was like you know just you you make the decision and i i will not be riding at 100 percent at sonora just because i I can't navigate as fast as i can race you know so i think i think it's a little less important for me you know if if suspension for me is a little off i i'm fit enough to handle it it's going to be more just not making the mistakes
0: okay yeah well, we're right off into the sunset. It's gonna cost you way more time than you can make up by pinning it.
1: Oh god, I can't tell you how many times I've done that already.
0: <laughs> it's part of the learning process, so all you gotta do is count on that somebody else did it or does the yeah. same thing, right?
1: Well, and I've pre- I've gotten better at fixing my mistakes. That's the thing too, like I've made a lot of mistakes, but I've gotten better at like catching them quicker.
0: Okay. Before you get too far down the road.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly
0: the so what um I think that that I don't know, I think it's almost like the untold thing like oh i don't I don't want to get into road books, it's just kind of weird and random, and it's just too much work, and I feel like it's because people are afraid of getting lost and not being able to find their way
1: yeah it's it, it's you know i I'll agree, it's daunting, it's daunting for that reason, and a couple others like i've you know the people that are close to me I've talked to about it. Mm -hmm. And Now that I understand a little bit of it, it's, it's, it's hard to understand. You know, it's, I think it's, especially with price too. I think the entry barrier is definitely a little higher. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, I mean, it's daunting to get into. I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I think if you're, you know, used to desert racing, and you're thinking like, okay, well, there's going to be a marker here, and then probably in another mile or two, or every five, like in certain organizations, you know, there's going to be a mile marker or something.
1: Yeah. Well, and yeah, especially coming from that, like I know a lot of the race courses are not similar, but I kind of know where we're going. But this, like, you don't know. But that's what's cool is like you don't know where you're going, and you never, you never feel like you are really. On on the course until you hit like a waypoint or you complete the whole route, which then you feel cool. They're like, man, I just made that whole route and and there was no markers at all.
0: <laughs> I did, did you, yeah. I feel cool. I didn't make any mistakes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: it, a, definitely an accomplishment, and I think the um, in just setting up rally comp stuff when the the uh, the rally comp actually beeps at you that you hit that waypoint. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that sound of relief and that I mean it's got to be. You know at least Setting it up and when you're knowing like okay yeah I know it's supposed to beep right here but When you're out there trying to navigate it You don't know where it's going to beep until the thing opens Up and it kind of you know finishes or guides You in or you're in the ballpark
1: Yeah and actually I Haven't dealt with uh, rally comp yet So I'm I actually Just printed all the paperwork today Just to learn about it so I'm I've heard about the beeping and I think I'm excited to hear the beeping Uh yeah
0: beeping is a good thing. Yeah. Well, unless it's in a speed zone, then you got to make sure it's the right beep. Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, it work with it a little bit in the tracking and all that stuff's really awesome and, you know, everything. So, it'll be easy. You'll catch on to that thing quick. Cool. it will be fun. Awesome. The so Sonora Rally, you got plans for after Sonora Rally? What's the next?
1: You know, um as soon as I'm done with Sonora Rally, I'm doing the Best in the Desert uh, world championship here in Helen. Mm-hmm. And, and then after that, cause it's the next weekend, I'm definitely, I'm regrouping and figuring out, um, what I'm going to do for the, for the Dakar. Uh, I, that was my goal is to go. Um, and it's still my goal, uh, whether or not I, you know, get the road to Dakar entry. Mm-hmm. So as soon, as soon as I'm done, it's basically just figuring out what I need to do and make a plan, you know, to, to raise funds and do whatever I need to do to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll probably end up doing the last two Baja rallies. Okay. Uh, um, I like, you know, I'd like to get uh, those two under my belt, so that way I have a little bit more experience, you know, for Dakar. Mm-hmm. And basically, I probably Vegas Torino and whatever Hare and Hounds I can do and r- race and raise money to go to Dakar.
0: There you go. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. Right, a while back ago, I her... I haven't really asked, but I've heard that, you know, it's basically yeah uh, two, two fifty to get out there. I don't know what uh, have you kind of looked at the budget and what it would take?
1: To to get to Dakar? Yeah. Well, it did, it depends what you want to do. I I know Skylar spent I think 100 hundred hundred or hundred and ten. Mm-hmm. Um I I haven't decided. I actually was kind of leaning towards doing the Motomale okay. class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, that would make it cheaper. Um, you know, I, that's the, that's the thing I need to regroup and figure out. I know it's a lot of money and I know I need to get on it as soon as I'm done. I just, I figured I'd focus on, you know, finishing my first rally, you know, putting all my effort into just learning, getting done. And then after that full tilt toward you know, for six months trying to get everything ready you know, to go, nice. but I would, you know, I don't even know. It's, it's probably going to be, I don't know, 70, $70,000, I would think. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, for the adventure of a lifetime lifetime, right? I mean, do you really,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. For what could be the greatest adventure of my life? Like, I mean, I've heard so many great things and like, that's, that's like one of the reasons I wanted to, to do this was for the adventure and just to be on the world stage. You know, like I want to expand my career as a desert racer, and like that's the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of you know kind of what drew me towards it as well.
0: Nice. Yeah, that, that's great. One one of these days, I'll go as a spectator. I'll, I'll let you guys go get lost in the desert.
1: Well, yeah, and I didn't even know. But the spectator, like now, like to be to be a helper, it's like nine grand. It is a lot of money. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure and I think it's nine thousand euro. I, I think, you know, and but that pays for um your your camping, like your food, you know, camping at the bivouac and all that stuff. But it's pretty expensive.
0: Wow. Well I guess yeah, I mean it makes sense. I mean they probably got a ton of people signing up to, you know, the veteran enthusiasts and they want to be a part of it and, and be out there and say they were you know say they were there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: But it I mean it's I go back and I think I'm like, okay, well, 70 grand. Well, then you think, okay, well, let's scale it back right to the rallies here in in North America. So you have Sonora Rally, its entry fee and all that. But you have, you know, five days of racing, the bivouacs, the food, you know, all of that stuff's kind of covered. You don't have to invest, uh, you know, with a big chase crew and pits. Mm
1: -mm. right?
0: So, I mean, how knowing you you kind of done done both are going to do both. What's the comparison in the budget? Have you have you thought about that before? Like,
1: uh, you know, it it definitely i it's starting to feel like it's worth it. I mean, I so the entry to Snora was three thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Um, it you know up front, it's like wow, that's a lot of money. But mm-hmm. you're what you're saying, you know, covers everything. You know, I don't have an answer. I would say it's it seems about the the same. Maybe, maybe a little bit more expensive, like compared to to normal desert racing, Mm -hmm. Um, just because setting up the bike, you know, gets pricey. Um, And then, but, but then you got the logistics are easier. Like I have one chase driver and he's just coming with me and he just, you know, has to hang around and, you know, maybe gas me up once in a while. Mm -hmm. So I think it all kind of levels out. Yeah. But
0: when you take into consideration the initial investment on the bike, you know, getting all the equipment and all that for it.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, once you have all that, then you're good, you know? And, um, but the other thing is too, this is such an adventure. I think that outweighs the cost for a lot of people. I think like I'm figuring out a way to make it work. You know, I put out a, a video and actually we asking for sponsorship and within 24 hours I had offers and you know, someone uh, T- Tim fields from Fields motorsports is actually, paying my entry. Nice. Which I, I like, I'm super appreciative and like, yeah, you know, uh, figuring it, figuring out a way to make it work for the adventure. I think that's what makes it worth it. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's, you know, everybody we talked to, right. It's a, it's, Hey, I'm, it's, it's a travel thing and it's seeing things and seeing places and, and being able to, to have these experiences on a different, you know, on a different playing yeah.
1: field. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, I've never, I mean, I've been to Mexico. I've been to Baja like three times in my life. So, and, and I've never been to mainland. So it's definitely very new.
0: Yeah. Well, y- you practiced in Glamis. So, <laughs> everybody that I've talked to about it in the Sonora Rally, that's what they say is the dunes. Get ready for the I'm,
1: dunes. I'm excited. Actually, I like the dunes more than going through like tracks. Okay. I think I I it scared me but I actually think it's easier just cuz you go one direction and you just go like you're not looking for stuff like you're just kind of navigating around witch's eyes and you just go one direction and go yeah
0: I guess that's true I mean it's a little other than going off the the wrong side of a, a witch's eye or whatever you know you're not um I guess it's exposed like you are on a trail rocks yeah. and, and washouts and stuff like that
1: but oh man, except I just hope I don't get seasick. So like I was saying, I, I was looking up and down too many times mm-hmm. and I, and I got super seasick, but I, so that was the first road book. Then the second one, I was fine, but I'm, I'm curious to see what test road books they have um, the day before mm-hmm. Sonora cause they, they usually have them. I might try and sneak off if I can figure something out uh, to go to the dunes and just do like a short road book or something.
0: Yeah. Kind of warm up a little bit and, and get, get into the game.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, it
0: makes sense too. Cause that, that was another thing you talked about, you know, you, you want to get into the head of the guys that are doing the road book.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's a big thing too. Like, um, how, how gnarly Dave makes road books versus how I make it. I can't even explain, but it's just different mm-hmm. and, and, and it makes sense. And I'm starting to find that's a big thing is really getting into the mind of the of the map bookmaker like it's it's not science it's more of an art which is weird to say
0: yeah yeah because it's i mean there is there is a standard but it's also open to the interpreter i mean how how fast gnarly dave rides versus how fast mason rides versus how fast whoever you know if it's darren or whoever's making the uh, road books for sonora you know it's like three different speeds is three different dangers is three different things that maybe that's not so important Or this is, so that's kind of, and and like, what have you, after writing so many road books, are there things that you've changed in your own road books after writing different guys' road books?
1: Oh, let me think. You know, I think I've just, just little things. Mm -hmm. Like what, when I went, when I, when I went to Glamis, I didn't really, I didn't know that when you put a, so we, we use, um, I forget what program it is. Let me look here. Whatever we use a program for waypoints. Oh, uh, Rally Blitz. Rally Blitz, yes. And, um, and I didn't know. So when you set the size, they they put the actual size of the waypoint in the roadbook. But I I didn't know that. I just been making roadbooks on my own, like looking up you know Dakar ones and and just trying to mimic them as best I can. But that's that's what Mason said. Is like they put the size of the of the waypoints. Mhm. Well, well, just knowing that makes it, you know, a little bit more authentic and better.
0: Mhm. Yeah, so. you, you get the on um, waypoints is you get the open radius how soon before the arrow shows up and then you can adjust the the make radius. Mhm. So, you know, you'll see that so like uh, if this is a really tight waypoint, you make the weight the make radius a little bit smaller if there's a lot of tricky stuff in the area, like where you don't want to be so ambiguous with the waypoint. You want to be like really, really spot on on like, this is the trail.
1: Yeah. And, well, and the op- and then it goes the opposite. Like when we made them in Glamis, I, we made, I made one where the waypoint was like a thousand meters. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, a, that's like a Valley. That's huge. Yeah. Whichever side
0: of the Valley you're on, you made it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I didn't, I just couldn't contemplate that or I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And and that I think that's what makes Dune writing easier because if you know the size of the waypoint, well, if it's a big waypoint, you just generally just head the right direction and you're going to hit it. Yeah, but that just comes with practice.
0: Yeah, getting lost.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> that's another term for <laughs> for practice. <laughs> oh man, well, that's cool. So, uh, any other schools or anything you're thinking of doing?
1: Been um, over? well, whatever's open, I'd like to. I'd like to do more training with Jimmy or Scotty Bray because I think he has schools. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's done them. Um, I mean, whatever's open. I'm, I don't know. Like I don't have a lot of resources, like as far as what, what's going on, you know, I'm starting to try and find these things. And I mean, whatever's open, I need the practice. Yeah. Get out and I'm, do it. I'm happy to drive. I'm happy to make road books for people if they want to come do them, you know, like I'm open. Nice.
0: Yeah, you're where are you located?
1: Uh Lake Elsinore.
0: Lake Elsinore, that's right, you did mention that. All right, yeah. so yeah, centrally located. Yeah. Nice. I well, got all the deserts around that that area. I think
1: you're right south. I think you're in San Diego?
0: Yes, I am actually if you've ever been out to Tecate, I'm on the way out. Basically on okay. the far east south southeast side of uh San Diego County. Okay, cool. So, that's. Yeah. You know, it's not bad for the uh, for the Baja rides and stuff like that. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Unless, yeah, and you can, as long as it's got oh, a plate, because <laughs> I could just ride across the border.
1: Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So,
0: uh, but I don't know. We're waiting, waiting to do some Baja rides here here soon.
1: Yeah, that's my goal too. We always, um, we me and my wife always do. I think we've done for the last three years uh, Beach Bash with the Desert Assassins. Oh yeah yeah. So if they're doing that this year, I'd like to go do that. And I mean, I love going to Mexico. I've only been a couple of times, but it's been amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah the it, it's very different, and even even in the pandemic, it's still different. You know, they still the the way they treat things and the way that they're doing things, and, and for the most part, everybody's you know, receptive. So yeah, you know, I'm, so it's been a lot of fun. I I've been down there a couple of times, and I can tell that it's still uh, you know there's still a ton of people riding down there and doing their thing. So. So yeah that's kinda nice, and they need it. they need the tourism,
1: yeah, yeah. So. well, I'm excited to get some tacos and and some real coke during the during the rally
0: <laughs> uh, yeah true i you know I don't know i know uh I know Baja California, I do not know mainland, so you and I will be uh exchanging tips from where they said to get the best tacos at,
1: yeah, but I've
0: seen the videos though, and I know that the uh, sonora rally does a pretty good job with their catering,
1: yeah, that's what I hear yeah.
0: <laughs> So, looking forward to that. So, throw the diet right back out the window. Um, nice. Well, sweet. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll get uh, going. Oh, man, we're already almost in an hour.
1: Yeah, nice. I mean, I like talking about Rally. I mean, I, <laughs> I listen, I, I'm i sorry if I sound nervous. I do not like doing media stuff. But I, I was listening to the podcast, and I'm like, dude, I'm into Rally. Like, let's do it. I like talking about it. Mm-hmm. I've said it. It's, it gets me excited. And so it's, it's fun. And it's, I like learning about it. Um, so I was, you know, happy, I'm happy to make this work. I know we've been going back and forth.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. And I, and I appreciate it. And and it's cool because like, so the whole goal and like we've talked about it a few days is that it's the goal is to get more people into rally just period. That's just the goal. And, you know, in talking to you and finding out like a little bit of the adventure and the things that you've been doing and how you've been warming up to it. I mean, it's like, you know, see, it can be done, you know?
1: And yeah,
0: it, there's the common themes that keep coming up, you know, about the adventure that it is, and that yeah, you're gonna have to get lost a couple times or more than a couple times, and <laughs> just to get it, you know. But the idea is to get out there, and so you know, it sounds like that's what you've uh, what you've been doing. Yeah. So, nice. So right now, everything's focused on Sonora Rally. No more racing, heron hounds, or anything like that between now and
1: then. Since only nope, two uh, weeks. Yeah. So there's, there's actually one this weekend. I'm skipping it. Um, uh, so I, I would usually go with my wife, but so we're part of the actual national hair hunters organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but so she's going up to work and actually someone is taking my van to that. So there's a podium up there. We actually left it up there cause there was another round. They're taking my van to go get the podium. And as soon as they come back, I'll, I'll start loading it up and, but that gives me the weekend to, to finish the bike. Cause I got to, I got to put it right now. It's a frame. I got to put it together.
0: <laughs> well, luckily it's not that many parts. Yeah. Nice. And it sounds like you got, so who does, uh, who does your motor? I didn't even ask. You said the motor was out.
1: Uh, just, just my local shop, Kawasaki Simi Valley. That's oh, where nice. I get my bikes from. And I don't do anything to them. I just make sure they run good. And then I just twist the throttle.
0: Nice. Well, is, I mean, and that's been around for a while, right? They say the moment you crack open a motor and start, you know, throwing parts at it and high, you know, high stuff, the reliability kind of goes out the window.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like I've never, I've never had any issues as far as needing more speed until maybe the last year or two, only because I'm dealing with motors that have had work done to them. So now it's been harder. But yeah, as soon as you crack them open, it's a can of worms. It's just just easier to keep them stocked for me,
0: yeah, <laughs> do the oil changes keep the filter clean, and you know yeah
1: yeah that <laughs> that is an understatement,
0: <laughs> and don't over tighten the chain,
1: yes, oh, well, so actually, I didn't mention the other thing is so with the KLX, I don't know what happened, mm-hmm. so I bought it used, and I don't know if they didn't have a skid plate, and they basically they basically hit the uh drain bolt, it pushed the threads in and it tore like the threads off there's a hole and actually so when I was uh, the weekend with gnarly Dave the first day I basically I went through a quart of oil just because it was leaking so bad <laughs> and, and he, na- he named it the Exxon Valdez got it <laughs> there's there, there so much oil. there was so much oil everywhere it was bad but I I, I, um, I didn't realize that I mean I, I knew there was an issue obviously from the leaking but when we took it apart and I looked you know, under and looked at it, I see the threads were, were pushed in. And, um, so I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't find cases. So I'm actually going to just JB weld the bolt in mm-hmm. and for personal rally. Um, I'll probably end up just doing two oil changes. I'm just going to tilt, tilt it over and drain it through the clutch cover. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it's multitasking. It
0: you're, you're yeah. inspecting the clutch.
1: Yeah, it, it sucks, <laughs> but I would rather have oil in it than not. Yeah, that's even usually, if it's dirty. Yeah,
0: yeah. No oil is yet. Generally frowned upon.
1: And and it's only got to get me through one race. meaning for now, so <laughs> yeah, it'll make it. But like I yeah. said,
0: two birds with one stone. I'm checking the clutch and I'm change the oil.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so if you see me, I'll have a spill mat and <laughs> a big thing to catch all the oil.
0: <laughs> Whatever it works.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's only got to make it one race.
1: It's an adventure, man. Yeah. That, yeah. There you
0: go. The, the adventure starts now. <laughs> Well, what two weeks? Well, you guys were up there what two weeks ago?
1: I think so. Uh, right? Two three weeks ago now. I don't know. I think following. it was.
0: Th- yeah, right. I think it's three weeks. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's. Uh, I've. I still got to get up there, but I got to get a skinny bike because uh, I've told him. Oh, well, I'll just bring the seven ninety. He goes. <laughs> he just kind of laughs. And he goes. I hope you. I hope you know how to ride. And then that's obviously an instant. No, I don't. So.
1: Oh, don't don't let him scare you. You can do it. <laughs> I'm
0: I don't know, man. That 790 is pretty big. <laughs> it hides its weight well, but... Yeah. And then whatever Quinn Cody runs at the Heron Hound isn't a 790. It's an 890 and all the other, you know, KTM stuff on it.
1: Yeah.
0: But nice. But, well, we'll get out there. But, you know, it's interesting because when I, I saw that you were running the Cowies, like, I looked at Like, I'm open. Like, I'm obviously, it's like, you know, I don't know which bikes or what to, like, get. You know, I just know I need skinny bike, be able to put some road book stuff on it. And so really the brand and all that stuff, yeah, it'd be nice to have two KTMs in the garage, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But when I saw you were running Cowie, I was like, huh. So,
1: yeah. But. I've, I, I feel like I'm just, i have yeah. A lot of people ask me about the whole Cowie thing. And like, I don't know, I take a lot of inspiration from like Johnny Campbell, like Honda, a uh, Honda wasn't always, you know, the great desert bike. Like they had to put effort in, into making it work. You know, mm-hmm. and so I feel like, I don't know, I'm just trying to carve my own path and do it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, I mean, it's if you know the bike and you've been racing them for such a long time, then when it's, you know, basically when something goes wrong in the desert, you know, the bike like the back of your hand, you're not having to really, you know, figure things out while you're trying to fix them. Yep, exactly. Yeah. so important. Yeah, and spares or whatever. But I mean, if you know the bike that well, you know, exactly like, OK, this may be a pain point this might be hard to find or whatever, you know? Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Well, it sounds like I'm going to see you in a couple weeks. uh, Oh yeah, that's right. Cool. Awesome. I'll be there with you. you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be there (laughs) helping rally comp. And, uh, so that should be, uh, that should be some fun. So get to see this whole thing.
1: Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. I don't know how many answers he's got, but it doesn't matter. I think it's going to be fun anyway.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think they usually where well, they have less than a hundred.
0: Yeah. I think that, yeah. I, I think like 65 to 80 is like their like sweet spot. I yeah. don't know if he caps it or what he, what he does with it, but you know, it's just when, it, when we're there, like, you know how they do the park for May and they lock up all the bikes and all of that stuff. Like it's, it's a pretty big crowd. So oh,
1: I, so I didn't even know they lock up the bikes.
0: Uh, yeah. The last uh, couple of years that I've, or uh, the one year that I've been there physically, yeah they have a park for may uh at the end of registration and all that stuff you got to have the bike uh or vehicle to the area by a certain time and then and then it stays there and they've got security guards and all of that stuff you know floating around like i was oh, there with, good. yeah i was there with could mike you, and we were you know. setting stuff up yeah no for sure like we were i was there with mike last the or the year before last and that was the whole thing like we needed to do some stuff with the rally comp, and. Uh, and, yeah, the security guards are, like, right there, like, who are you guys? What are you guys doing? You know, it's like, so I was like, all right, cool. And the people are really different than Baja. It, it, there is mm-hmm. there is a difference, you know, so, which is nice, you know.
1: Yeah. So,
0: so I'm looking forward to it. So Sweet. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's uh, Monday night, so I'll let you get but back I'm- to it.
1: All good. Well, I appreciate you. uh taking the time to chat with me it's been fun and i I look forward to meeting you and um maybe we'll do another one after
0: yeah for sure no totally yeah i want to do uh like definitely do some like recap stuff and i'm still trying to figure out i might even take my stuff and do uh do something down there for one of the nights when not everybody's busy
1: i think it'd be kind of (laughs) cool
0: dude
1: i think i think you should and it's actually so i Like I said, I I was listening to it, just trying to your podcast, trying to figure out all the information I can. And I listened to the Darren one and I, and I learned some good things. So thanks for putting it out.
0: Yeah, no, that, that was awesome. Like when I called him, I was like, Oh, I'm going to get canned on this one quick. Like he's not, you know, because it's it's literally almost the rally. So, you know, busy and go time, but that he took the time. It was super cool. And then, yeah, I definitely learned something. Yeah. The history and all that stuff. So, so absolutely. Well, sweet. All right, Jacob. Well, I appreciate it. We will see you down there and uh, we'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Talk to you later. I did. Thanks. Bye. Say bye. All right. So that was Jacob Argubright, Cowie spearheading rally rider extraordinaire. So, no, this is going to be pretty cool. Like I, you know, he mentioned some of the, the idea of running a uh, Kawasaki A bike that's not, you know, obviously is not as popular um, for this type of racing. You see, Cowie's still doing like a lot of the desert racing stuff like that. Like the bike is set up to to run and, and be able to do that. I mean, they they are very very capable bikes. You just don't see them in the rally world, and because of that, you don't see the backing of the bigger tanks, like you said, and towers and things like that. And there's companies out there that do the like the more universal stuff. So like where the route he's going with the rally management services. Uh, Sonora Tower you know you don't like it's things like that that allow other bikes to get involved and rally and it doesn't have to be like okay well I have to sell everything I've ever known and now I gotta buy either a KTM or I gotta buy a Honda and Honda only as of recently because they happen to have won Dakar a couple times now which I'm sure there's a lot of people there's a special meeting in Austria over this because I don't know that KTM is gonna rest on their laurels like and be like eh hey. We want them enough. No, I'm sure they want that podium back. So uh, it'll be interesting. And then this year, uh, for those of you guys playing the home game and have been kind of following along, you might have noticed that uh, Benavides, he is now on Team Orange uh, with his brother, brother obviously running on the Husky side of things. So that'll be interesting. It opens up a seat at Honda. So I wonder who that is. Uh, my first, if anybody needs a recommendation, I would send Skylar Howes that way. Um, you know, obviously I, I haven't had a chance to catch up with him maybe I'll send him a text and maybe he'll divulge some more information but I did see that he was doing some more testing he was on a plane I mentioned it a couple of shows ago I don't even remember I re- he was uh, on a plane and doing some testing so eh, more things coming more rallies coming all sorts of stuff going down so alright so that is going to wrap it up for this week's show a little over an hour having fun on a Monday night I did miss Sunday again. Yes, yes. But, uh, hey, we made up for it. We had Jacob Bright on the show. So this is going to be awesome. Like I said, I am looking to see if we could do this, uh, maybe do something at Sonora Rally. uh, Do some live recorded stuff. Or or not live, but, you know, record an episode while we're down there. Because I am going to be there on Sunday, which is the day before the rally. Uh, That's when they do their scrutineering and all that stuff. So registration. So definitely looking forward to it I think it's gonna be a really great time I can't believe it's already in two weeks like there's like no time left before this event so uh, the rally Guan is now running that's my Tiguan. I effectually renamed it or whatever and you know still got to finish setting it up a couple things that I want to put on it before we go down to the rally but uh, but yeah I am I'm excited get out of uh get out of town for a little while go check out uh, Sonora uh, Puerto Penasco and a couple other places down there Uh, I haven't gone back to look at the service route and where we're going to be running exactly, but I'm sure that information will be out. And then, eh, you know what? It's an adventure. Who cares? We're going to the Sonora Rally. So anyway, I'm going to post this episode. As usual, it'll be up on the Facebook, uh, Chasing Waypoints Facebook. You can go ahead and go back over there if you want to like, comment, share, talk crap, whatever you want to do. Uh, If you've got questions for Jacob and on setting up that bike and what he's done or anything like that, uh, I'm sure we could get them to maybe answer a couple of things on there. So you're more welcome to uh, put some comments down on that one. And if this is the first episode you are hearing of the Chasing Waypoints podcast, take a look back. We've got some really good, really good stuff. Ugh, choking. Uh, some really good stuff. If you go back, we've got uh, just this last episode uh, was with Darren Skilton from Sonora Rally, creator of the Sonora Rally. Uh, we've got episodes with. Uh, Chris from Moto uh episodes with Alex from Conflict. So we've had a bunch of people on the show, Lawrence Hacking uh, as well from Canada. So there's a ton of stuff to listen to already. I think we're now, yeah, officially I think we're at 18, episode 18. You figure I would know this. I'm the one that has to record it every week. But anyway, it has been fun. It's been a cool road. We're learning a lot. I'm looking forward to doing a lot more. I've got some really cool ideas you're going to want to stay tuned for. If you haven't already, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Give that thing a thumbs up or whatever you can. Drop us a comment. Drop us a review. um, Share with your friends, whatever. Let's get the word out. And if you've got ideas, like, if you, hey, you know, I want to talk about this. Like, you know, we've done the Adam Shear with the Vintage 1000, right? Bunch of vintage bikes, 1,000 miles, five days with road books. You know, like, let's hear it. What do we got? There's a ton of stuff. This world is absolutely huge. There's a ton of places to go riding. So definitely looking forward to it. Willem from South Africa, if you were listening to the podcast, uh, I'm going to be hitting you up uh, to talk about some of the rally stuff that you guys are doing over there on that side, except I think you guys are exactly 12 hours. A- I don't know. I think I'm at work while you're at asleep or something like that. Anyway, shout out to all that stuff. So let's, let's get it done. I think it's time to publish this episode. So. You guys are hearing it on Monday because I literally just recorded it yesterday. Busy day, but everything is good. So, all right. We'll see you guys for the next episode. Later.